This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Thank you, everyone, in the chat. Who's in the chat? I got to, let's see. I'm going to come over Dale, here. Dale, Dale. And even more Dale. And then even more Dale. So uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we, oh, let's see here. Right, excellent. So uh, let's uh, get this party started right after this. What's up, everybody? Thank you, uh, everybody, for joining us on the Scare of Scuttlebutt Live. Uh, we are recording tonight uh, our episode 64. Is it 64? Yes, it is. 64 scary and spooky stories. How is Team Scare? Chantel, how you doing? Good. Just good? I mean... Yeah, it's been a boring, lazy day today. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. It's getting hotter in Miami, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a little chilly in Chicago. I was uh, I worked today, but then uh, came home, did a little yard work, and uh, yeah, it was like in in the forties. Oh, lucky. And uh, just Brad, how's it going, my friend? Um, besides the uh, aforementioned sunburn, it's going good. It's beautiful here in uh, Charleston. Uh, I expect you to throw in a uh, "When I'm 64" by the Beatles. Throw throw a clip in there somewhere in the show. We finally get to oh. 64. Excellent. Yeah, that's right, 64. So uh, this is um, this is really cool. I want to give a quick uh, reminder, uh, folks. Uh, last week, uh, Chantel and uh, Frank, one of our one of our new patrons, the Frank 402 on Twitter. Uh, did a fantastic job uh, carrying the show uh, for us. Uh, you guys talked about uh, curses in movies and uh, really great subject, really great topic. And it scared the bejesus out of me, <laughs> which um, and speaking of Frank, here is Frank in the chat. Frank, how you doing? Uh, just talking about you. Your ears Hi, were ringing, Frank. weren't they? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys, this a, a, a great show. And uh, like I said, it scared the bejesus out of me. I think uh, I wanted to continue to kind of have that that scary feeling, that that uh, you know feeling of of uh, you know the jump scares that uh, we got uh, while you guys were talking about uh, curses uh, on the Omen, uh, Twilight Zone, uh, movies like that. Just uh, fun movies that uh, kind of you know make you kind of want to turn off the lights and go under the covers. But, uh, Brad, um, how about you? Are you into, like, scary movies? Yeah, and that, that'll be another episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt that I can actually listen to since I can't <laughs> listen to the rest of them. Uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, excited when you guys uh, pitched this idea for horror, but then I started to question myself, bro. I texted you, like, you know, there's some kind of scores of, of this genre and uh, – you know, I never know whether the movies I've seen are scary enough to count as horror movies. Um, you know, one thing I, I hope we could uh, maybe tackle right off the bat is, uh, is there a definition of, of, a, of a horror movie? Or, you know, if it just, as you said, scares the bejesus out of you, uh, does that count as a horror movie? You know, perhaps mm -hmm. I'm overthinking it, but, you know. You overthinking something? <laughs> no. It happens sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, I there is kind of like a subcategory. I mean, you've got, you know, you got thrillers, which mm -hmm. are, you know, somewhere in there. But uh, you got like the slasher movies. You've got uh, the haunted house movies that are very, uh, you know, uh, scary in their own right. Um, but I think, uh, for the most part, when folks kind of think of, uh, horror, they think of, you know, Freddy Krueger and Friday the 13th and, uh, you know, a, a little bit here and there, those slasher movies from the, uh, from the eighties that, uh, that we love so much. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, getting back to the origin of horror and I know there's a little bit of a cr uh, crisscross here. 
Um, you know, Mary Shelley has always been considered uh, the, uh, I guess, the world's first science fiction writer. Um, obviously, it has a little bit of uh, horror connotations with uh, her, uh, you know, story of Frankenstein, uh, the Frankenstein monster. So, like I said, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, crossover point at that point. But, uh, you know, you guys are familiar, obviously, with Frankenstein and Mary Shelley is an author. Um, but uh, those are some of the, I guess, some of the origins of that genre. Um, and then obviously all the way from, from now, but, uh, what, what do you guys think? And, and I didn't do the research real fast, but Frankenstein was written in, uh, let's see, I'm not really sure, but, and, and obviously it's one of those things that, uh, was kind of a taboo subject back in the day. And, uh, you got, uh, you know, somebody talking about body parts and reanimation and things like that. Uh, a little bit of the occult, uh, kind of throw, thrown in there, uh, which will, you know, we'll definitely talk about that subject as well. Um, but, uh, it, it's exhilarating. What do you guys, what do you guys think of scary movies, especially in the theater? You're in the dark already. So you're, you're, you know, the, the stage is set. Um, what do you guys think about scary movies? Do, do they actually work as, as, uh, are you guys really susceptible to, to jump scares when you're watching these movies? Especially in the theater. In fact, I used to have a rule that if there was a horror movie that I really wanted to see in the theater, I'd have to watch it as early in the day as possible <laughs> and then come home. That's no fun. Slap on a Disney movie <laughs> and then go from there because <laughs> it does, it messes with you. It, it's the darkness it's all you're focused on the music is really loud which really is like what gets you on edge so yeah it's a much different experience than watching at home that's funny although at home you know you can't have a little bit more control over you know what light you you leave a light on in the hallway mm -hmm. uh make sure that you you know you see your windows cover your mirrors back there <laughs> <laughs> what about you brad What's the last movie you went to go see that uh, that scared you? Uh, well, I'll get back to that. As far as being, um, you know, likely to be jump scared, you know, mentioned overthinking. And uh, I tend to do that. Like, I can't a lot of times turn my brain off enough during a movie where the whole time I'm just trying to predict what's going to happen next. Um, so, like... I can predict a lot of jump scares, so I don't get it. But, you know, this may sound weird, and I don't think you can even consider this movie in this genre. Um, but the last movie to make me jump scare, and, and somebody posted this on Twitter the other day, too, and it, it still gets me, too, is the damn alien from the movie Signs. When they had that uh, um, video, uh, I think the party was down in Mexico City or, or somewhere. You know, they were showing on, on the news the clip. footage. Yeah. Yeah. The footage and just that the alien that that walked by so quickly on there uh, that I think that'll still I mean, I know it's coming. And for whatever reason, now that, that'll still make me jump. I don't know what it is about that. I think it's just the, you know, the authentic look of that footage. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about those authentic looking um, you know, homemade movie type uh, deals. But uh, yeah, that, that one still makes me jump scare. But, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, exorcism type movies and, and that and the, the conjuring, that sort of thing. If I'm going to jump scare, it's, it's going to be uh, to one of those movies. That's funny. And, you know, there is uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know if it's fake or not. There is a YouTube video and you can you guys can search uh, on YouTube for I think it's called. Um, sewer monster video and apparently there I don't know somewhere in Europe or somewhere out there there was a crew that were they, they were doing those are some all sort fake, of a, man those, no, those, no, I love those but those, still you gotta oh, you gotta look they're, at they're, them they're, 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 they're just chilling well they're just doing, oh my god look over there man that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. come on bro I those know are, you don't those are far. those are great I love those and I again I know they're they're you know fake but they're well done so you have this uh I'll, I'll explain it real fast you have this you know construction crew that's got like this you know worm camera that it's surveying like some sewers underground and way in the distance down the corridor you can see like these like two eyes that kind of pop up over and then come back in and then the camera kind of goes in and then 
the you can see you definitely can see like the form of this creature very similar to the creature that you were just talking about but then it kind of looks at the camera looks at the light and then it just zips away it's really cool so i i, I um as far as like not sleeping at night when i uh, am scrolling through youtube those are the types of uh youtube videos that keep me up at, at night definitely So when you guys think about, uh, you know, early horror, uh, we talk about movies like Nosferatu, which as a little kid, the image of that big headed, you know, uh, Dracula figure with the ears. I mean, that like really freaked me out as a kid. And the fact that it was in black and white was even more so it went that extra mile. But do you guys have any early uh, memories of some maybe early actors that uh, that lended their talents to the horror genre? Oh, yeah. I mean, going back to Mary Shelley, I was, uh, I mean, I remember as far back as middle school as that being maybe one of the first of that genre of books that I read. It was more a condensed version because of the age that I was, but... I remember just being very struck by the image of Frankenstein on the front of the book. And um, my grandfather, who unfortunately just recently passed away, uh, when I was younger, which I'll show, he actually gifted me this VHS tape of Frankenstein. And I've had it ever since. So to me, Boris Karloff is a huge, huge deal for me in the horror genre. I was playing in the film at Universal and James Whale was the director of Frankenstein and uh, he saw me in the makeup, or rather in the lunchroom. I had my best makeup on, a straight makeup and what I thought was my best suit. I was playing a different kind of part and he invited me to his table to have a cup of coffee and said he would like to make a test of me for the monster. And I thought, well, that doesn't speak very well of my nice straight makeup and my good suit. However, I was delighted. And uh, they had a fine makeup man at the studio, a man named Jack Pierce. And he experimented and worked on the makeup for two or three weeks, really, before he said, now we are ready, you can photograph it. Mm -hmm. and, and they liked the makeup, the test, and I got the part, and that's how it started. Oh my God, between that and the the original Mummy, I mean, for me, he's he's it. So that that's my first impression of horror was always Frankenstein, always. You know, I, I hate to, no, I don't hate it at all. I'll take this back to, to Star Wars, but Peter Cushing and, and Christopher <laughs> yeah. Lee, the fact yes. that they cross paths so early on in their mm -hmm. in their careers, and uh, just the amount of character that they put into those characters, uh, you know, with Van Helsing, uh, that was amazing. But as far as my earliest, uh, I'm gonna have to go with with Vincent Price, uh, Ro. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, and um, you know, it would it used to be like Saturday nights he would come on. Um, I don't remember the name of the show. It was like something like Monster Theater or something like that. It was. It was oh, wasn't it, was, it uh, Creature Feature? It, it could. It could have been. Uh, this was. You know. These. These are some of my earliest memories. Yeah. And um, just his voice. Like I could listen. If Vincent Price narrated the dictionary, I would. I would be. I would be a genius. I would know every word out there. Because I mean. It, and. Uh, you know, just sitting, I can still see him sitting in that, that, that old chair that he had with his legs crossed and just, just reading, like he put so much into it and, and he was such a good person as well. I'm Frederick Lauren and I've rented the house on Haunted Hill tonight so that my wife can give a party, a haunted house party. <laughs> She's so amusing. Still hearing the song Thriller and yeah. Uh, yeah. Vincent Price reading that poem at the end. Uh, that mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's a badass song, but that's my favorite part of the whole thing is just hearing Vincent Price at the end of it and lending his voice to it. Can you dig it? Ha 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 
Hey, what's up, podcast family? Ro here. Just wanted to give our patrons a heartfelt thank you, wonderful folks who have found it in their hearts to support the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We're super lucky to have you. Folks like Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, Joey Rosales, the Salty Crew, Alex and Matt, super fan of many of the pods on the Red 5 Network, Backyard Tardis, Nicholas Schaefer, what's up Nick, Chad at Hyperspace and Holocrons, Jay from Florida, and our newest patron, Frank V. Big thanks and a returning patron in the executor tier, 97 Bravo, huge respect my friend, we thank you all for your support. And if you want to become more involved in the Scare of Scuttlebutt community and feel like becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash scare of scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. And don't forget, it's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. You know, seeing that, you know, I'm sure you've seen that picture online with, um, you know, it's got Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Graham uh, Tarkin. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so Peter Cushing, yeah. and uh, I want to say there's one more person in, in the picture, but just the the coolest picture you'll ever see. Those were some of the titans uh, of this field. It doesn't get any better than that. Absolutely, you know. And Frank just mentioned, you know, some other actors: Anthony Perkins, Bella Lugosi, obviously from back in the day, mm-hmm. Lon Chaney, you know, Boris Karloff, as you mentioned. You know, these are all pioneers. Uh, I would love to have been alive during that, uh, or in the industry even uh, during that period, because you know some of the stuff that they did. You know, Boris Karloff, Lon Chaney. You know, from a makeup standpoint, I mean, they transformed, and Lon Chaney did all his own makeup and all that stuff. But you know, they did so so much work on their own to transform themselves into these uh, wonderful characters. And it was groundbreaking at the time. You know, no one uh, movies had not seen that sort of thing. So it was really great. And obviously, you know, horror makeup has come a long way uh, from the days of, you know, fake blood and retractable knives. Um, but it's really fantastic. It's really uh, great to, to see, to have been able to see that uh, firsthand. So I, I love it. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, let's get back to the psychology of being scared. I think, you know, horror movies sometimes get a bad rap, but I think they, they um, you know, very similar to a roller coaster ride where you go up and you, you get this, this, you know, thrilling uh, feeling of being, you know, dropped or weightlessness or, or all that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it really plays on your emotions being able to, you know, to get scared. Um, and movies, do, uh, you know, movies do that in such a controlled and safe way, but you're still, it's still a lot of fun, I think, to get scared in, in, in movies because, you know, you are in a controlled, you know, environment. Uh, you know what's coming. You kind of know what's coming around the corner. And it's always like, if you see people going to a like a horror movie and you see them, you know, do jump scares and stuff like that, afterwards you see them like kind of laugh and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a nervous laugh. And it's, you know, especially in a group setting, you see that it's, uh, you know, I don't know why people laugh. I think it's like, you know, there's it's a way so- to alleviate. Yeah, it's, I guess it's a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a way to alleviate. And you know that you're safe, but you still react to these jump scares. And I think it's kind of a funny thing. Um, but you know, there's a, there's also a difference and Chantel, you and Frank talked about it last week on, on the episode 63, you know, the difference between the two types of these scary movies, you've got like the Jasons and the, uh, Michael Myers, but you also have movies like the Omen and, uh, and Poltergeist, uh, the Exorcist, the Exorcist. Well, anything having to do with possession essentially is always a little scarier than the yeah, slasher and, films and, to and me. obviously why is that you did you touched on a little bit about it uh, regarding the fact that you know the movies about the occult are, are obviously like based in like real stuff and mm-hmm. and like a jason voorhees or or, or a, you know michael myers you know you can kind of like he's like right there you can kind of you know kill him but with this other stuff the scariness of of the occult you know it's like stuff you don't understand it's like otherworldly it's a it's a different kind of scare I mean, listen, I think we're all pretty much about, you know, our personal space and stuff like that. And to me, that thought of that 
it's a it's something that's out of my control that has the ability to invade your body or your mind like that's the thing to me that's always been like to not have any control over that that is just like the scariest thing that i can think of honestly i, I talked to you about this earlier row but uh the uh i was actually out to sea when when i saw the exorcism of emily rose mm. uh the first time and uh, I watched the whole thing and, you know, that's a, it's a pretty freaky movie. And then you get to the end and it's at the end where it says this movie was based on uh, actual events. Give me a name, demon. Names! Names! WTF, what's up with that? You know, like, <laughs> no way. And, I, you know, I was... By the time I got, I'm like, if, you know, cause obviously guys on a submarine, they love to screw with other guys on a submarine. Uh, <laughs> and, and that, that movie was all about, what was it three o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, whatever the, the, the devil's hour was. I said, mm-hmm. if any of you assholes comes and tries to wake me up at four o'clock, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. So uh, stay away from me tonight. But I think it's just that much freakier to know that, uh, you, you know, same with the conjuring, you know, the, yes. these are based off on reported events. I think it's what they right. say something along those lines, knowing that it's possible that it happened in real life, uh, just adds that much more to it. Like uh, just in, in your mind, like how could this actually happen in real life? So I think that just adds another element to the scariness of the movie. And I Absolutely. do think there is a sorry that they do think there is also a religious aspect. I was I was raised Catholic, so that's I think that also plays into it as well. You know what I mean? So even if I don't necessarily believe it, there's still that little voice in the back of my mind like don't screw with this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you know, growing up religious uh uh you know, you've got the stage set already. You know, your 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 brain goes to the ultimate battle, you know, between good and evil. So mm-hmm. when you see these movies and you hear these stories, you're like, well, yeah, that that's that's what's happening here. And you know, as Frank says in the chat, based on true events, just scares the crap out of you. Um, but uh, you know, growing up, you know, some of the films that I grew up with, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween. I just posted Christine. You know, another Stephen King. You know, there's some authors and some filmmakers that are really, uh, you know, that horror is their jam. Uh, you know, John Carpenter, Wes Cravens. Um, uh, Nicole wanted us to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the, the master of them all, you know. Um, Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. That, so, that was a very dramatic call. Wonder it was a very, be, very dramatic it, pause. Yeah, yeah everybody listening. Hitchcock, was, yeah, like this better be Alfred Hitchcock after all this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to Al- the <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect, Brad. <laughs> But, you know, definitely, you know, like I said, what are some of the filmmakers that uh, that you look for when it comes to horror? I would say Alfred Hitchcock, and he's probably the one that I've seen. And, yes, Stephen King, but Alfred Hitchcock. I've seen Vertigo. I've seen Psycho. I've seen Birds, The Rear Window, even if you want to. I mean, that's not really horror, but that's a little more, I guess, suspenseful thriller-ish. But Alfred Hitchcock would be the one for me. And obviously there were stories about, you know, Alfred Hitchcock uh, would tell theater owners not to let people in if they got there late. Correct. You know, they wanted to, to make sure that, you know, a movie like Psycho was, uh, you know, experienced from beginning to end. And I think that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, you're presenting this, you know, really great, you know, movie and the story. Um, and, you know, for Hitchcock to do that, I think, uh, you know, one, it kind of solidified his his name in in the record books, uh, but uh, you know it, it's kind of cool to have a director do that. But um, yeah, that's pretty cool. What about um, you know movies that have like items possessed? We talked about Christine, which was a fifty eighth Plymouth 
that had uh, you know a spirit embedded in and went around on a killing spree. Uh, my friend uh, Kane uh, Rich and I grew up on movies like that, and we loved Christine, John Carpenter, uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, but uh, you know, talk about you know Nightmare on Elm Street. That's another one of our favorites. But uh, what do you think about movies like that where things are possessed? Does that kind think, of strike more horror in you even more so? I think you, you failed to mention a big one, which was Chucky. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, like, and, uh, you know, just, you know, within the last year or so, went back and rewatched. Uh, I can't believe I watched that as a kid. Um, <laughs> I'm like, that's uh, not something you should see when you're young. I'm like, holy, cr-. you know, bro, we've talked about this before. Like, uh, in Chantal, I think we even on the, maybe that first episode, with, you know, with, with you, we talked about stuff that you, you know, got away with in the eighties, uh, that you couldn't get away with, with now, uh, like, uh, you know, stuff we would show our kids back then, or, you know, our parents yes. would show us back then, you know, holy crap. Um, but, uh, you know, that was, that was a straight evil right there, but you know, it's, it's always strange, you know, when, when it's a, when it's an inanimate object and, and suddenly they're, they go on a killing spree. Um, it, it, that can range either, either from, you know, just funny, highly entertaining to scare the hell out of you, uh, depending on, on what the case may be. Yeah. And Frank, uh, mentioned Annabelle. That is uh, part of the, um, the conjuring, the conjuring. series, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Those are really, really great films. Yeah. That doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. Uh, to, uh, the, the uh, Chucky inanimate object kind of stuff like the Annabelle and, Chucky, I always found to be more on the comedic, comedic yeah. side of horror, yeah. so I can't take it <laughs> too seriously. seriously. Although That's I love hilarious. Brad Dorif as as Chucky. That's always great. What do you guys think of the uh, you know the slasher films of the 80s? I think one of those... Can, can, would you be able to make a slasher movie in the style of the 80s today, do you think? I, I don't see why not, especially because there seems to be a... Uh, in this newer generation of, of kids and teenagers, they seem to be really fascinated with the eighties all of a sudden. So I think they actually might like that. Um, It wasn't a slasher film, but there was a movie called it follows that was done a couple years ago. That was kind of in that fashion of kind of eighties, you know, the whole, if you don't stay a virgin kind of thing, you know, something's going to come after you. That was a very, very good movie. And it, that to me felt like a callback to the eighties, even though it wasn't a slasher film. There's a lot of teen, um, like sexual tension in those movies in the eighties, mm-hmm. the horror, you know, you've got, uh, the Jason movies, camp crystal Lake, and you got teenagers mm-hmm. in heat, you Halloween. know, on, on, on safari. So, uh, you know, one of them, you know, they, they get, they start getting picked off one at a mm-hmm. time. So yeah, is that's, that the name of a movie? Teenagers in Heat on a Safari? Is <laughs> they don't name them like that anymore? Yeah, I'm I'm casting. So if anybody's interested. <laughs> The problem with uh, slasher movies and maybe this genre in in uh, general is how desensitized humans have become to all stimuli, uh, just because mm-hmm. we are bombarded nearly twenty four seven with stimulus either from uh, you know TV uh, via Netflix, Amazon, whatever the case may be, uh, and your phone and the images that you see. Uh, all day on that. I mean, people get away with posting uh, videos of people actually dying on Facebook and Twitter and uh, people's morbid curiosity. They'll, they'll click on it and, and they'll watch somebody die, you know, for real. So how does a fictional movie contend with that? And that's to me, that's how you get end up with movies like the Saul, uh, you know, however many movies they've made a Saul nowadays. Um, where these movies have to get more and more extreme just because if you're going to get any kind of reaction from mm-hmm. the crowd, it's got to be more than what they're normally used to, which unfortunately for us um, is, is a lot. So I think that's why this um, this type of movie movie might be a little bit in jeopardy um, because we are not able to be scared like we used to be able to, you know, you know, back in the day, you know, you know, 
we didn't really talk about it, but these, a lot of these started as radio dramas. Sure. You know, when, when some people, you know, you probably heard the classic story when some people tuned in and heard uh, War of War the, the Worlds on, on, on the radio and they thought it was real. They thought, right. you know, DC was being attacked at that moment. Uh, no one's going to fall for that these days just because we're, you know, so much media uh, that we ingest all day long. We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, my on. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilmoth's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. Wait a minute, something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from that mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Now the whole field's caught up by the woods. The fires, the, the gas tanks, tanks for the automobiles spreading everywhere. It's coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast from Grover's Mill. I remember the Faces of Death series. I, I actually went to go see one of those in the movies uh, in the theater. Um, because I think the first two were straight to VHS and, you know, they use like real footage of, of either accidents. I remember, you know, a guy falling off the roof in the, in the movie, in the, in the actual movie, I think it was the third one, you know, he committed suicide and they have this footage and it's, I mean, just horrible stuff. And that, this is back in the, you know, in the late eighties that, uh, this stuff was happening. So yeah, faces of death was kind of a, a, a weird uh, chapter in horror because you know it was like real stuff like you said people were, were desensitized um, you know one of the other things that kind of also plays into that and I'm glad you mentioned that is you know today's technology and movie making um, really erases the the line between you know fiction and what looks real I mean CGI uh, in horror is is you know the, the zombie movies uh, all the zombie movies are doing it so you get some really great zombie kills uh thanks to cgi you know our friend uh, yoshi vu has worked on a couple uh but um yeah it's 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 kind of weird you know i've never seen any of the saw movies um i don't know if i want to kind of have those kind of images in my in my head um obviously you know growing up uh growing up in the 80s i i had images of of you know, Michael Myers stabbing somebody through the eye. But, I, you know, you can kind of, I guess even as, as kids, you can kind of tell that, that it was kind of fake. You had that mindset of this is kind of just a movie. But, uh, yeah, the, the desensitization of, of, of violence uh, in real life is definitely something that you have to be careful, especially if you're, you know, if you're kind of uh, impressionable these days. But mm -hmm. uh, totally, I mean... You know, you're talking about uh, also like something that may seem to be real in the movies, like uh, found footage films. You've got movies like Blair Witch Project, um, things that might be posing as like something real, which, uh, you know, back in the day was a really cool thing. Uh, Blair Witch obviously won all the awards for the innovation of doing that kind of first. I remember I was in Los Angeles when I started to see the uh, the the you know the the handwritten posters on uh light um light posts uh just just down the street and i'm like what is this and it was uh you know their guerrilla viral marketing um you know locally which was kind of cool and i'm like reading all this stuff and then the movie comes out i'm like oh wow that's that's pretty damn good yeah so, so, some of those advertisements just had the the symbol on it that was uh being yeah, used the, throughout the movie um but, uh, you know, I thought that was that was definitely innovative. I don't remember it winning. It actually did win a bunch of awards. Back. Yeah, it won tons of awards. And obviously it was made cheaply and, yeah. uh, you know, it, it generated so much money. Um, but, uh, yeah, that year it came out, it won it won some major awards for but then they know, tried to do it. Movie. Yeah. Then they tried to do it again. And it's it's really hard to repeat that sort of magic. Although Blair Witch 2, as far as sequels go, not bad. Um, but yeah, as far as the Saw movies go, I, I didn't, they didn't do anything for me. I couldn't, uh, I tuned in a little bit to, I don't even remember which one it was. Um, 
But to me, I thought it was violence for the sake of violence. And mm. I mean, that that might be your thing, but I, I, I like a little bit more story with it. And I couldn't I couldn't make my way through it. It led to a lot of the torture porn yeah. uh, genre, which I saw. I saw Saw. <laughs> and then, of course, I saw the second one, which it fell victim to the stereotype of horror, which the sequels are always awful. And I actually saw Hostel in the theater. And I just was like, it didn't make me sick, but I was like, I don't even understand what the point of this movie is. Who is this for? Why is this entertaining? Yeah. Like to me that it does go a step too far. I did enjoy the first saw because it was interesting. It was, it was different, but still it's not one that I've gone back to revisit. I, I like the older stuff. Yeah, Dave Richards, uh, I put a thing up on screen here. Halloween's still my favorite horror movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's see if anybody in the chat has uh, an answer to our uh, horror trivia regarding Halloween. And I'll, I'll say it. Um, what? Uh, how is Michael Myers and Captain Kirk related? Do you guys know? Anybody in the chat? Michael Myers and Captain Kirk. What is the relationship there? What? is the relationship there Chantel seems to know anybody yes. in the chat Brad is either updating or he's frozen there he is <laughs> no, 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 I'm, just, I'm just reading no, uh, good mime work good mime work yeah there you go but uh, yeah it looks like Frank has it uh, Frank of course. Uh, in the chat <laughs> Chantel's like uh Exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, something I didn't know until, you know, obviously later. But uh, the Captain Kirk mask uh, is painted white, and that is what uh, Michael Myers is wearing. Mm -hmm. You were late to that one. <laughs> you were... <laughs> Even I've known that for a while. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying that I just found out. Oh, okay. Out. I, was, I <laughs> hope I, not. No, okay. no, I've All known right. that for a while. I'm glad you yeah. corrected yourself. <laughs> No, totally. It's a shame you. Yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of cool. You know, you talk about sometimes these movies kind of uh, start to get a little old, um, and then they, you know, they parody themselves. Uh, you know, what do you guys think of the uh, the movies that like the comedy movies with with uh, like Scream and things like that? You know, they take a lot of these you know, horror tropes and, uh, they flip them on its side on their side. And, and, you know, some, I mean, even Geico commercials with the chainsaw guy is, you know, with the, the teenagers that are running away from them and they see a car, um, mm -hmm. off to the distance and it started, but no, let's hide behind this wall of chainsaws, uh, to escape the chainsaw murderer. That's so those, those, that's, that's smart. That's really smart. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the the uh, the Scream movies are pretty funny, you know, parroting movies like, you know, I, I know what you did last summer and things like that. Uh, again, you know, teen angst. It's uh, it's all over the place. What's going on there? Yeah, but uh, I mean, Scream, even though it's sort of like that a parody, it stands on its own, though, I, yeah. I think as a horror, even though it's got that angle to it. Uh, I thought that movie was actually very refreshing. And I think I that whole series is, is pretty fun. Um, obviously, there's, as Chantal said, there's it, it, it kind of goes down with maybe, maybe with each one. But uh, they're, they're still worth watching and, and they're still yeah. fun. So even though it was, uh, you know, could have been self-deprecating at, at, in many moments, um, it still has all those elements there. And I think it's highly entertaining. I mean, it is Wes Craven himself, so, I mean, it's his baby, so obviously there's still, you know, a love letter aspect to horror. I mean, my sister is the opposite of me. She does not like horror no. at all, and she had actually seen Scream before I did, and she said, I'm really surprised that you, out of all people that loves horror, that you haven't seen Scream, because to her, it is an ode to horror. Yeah, it's, you know, there's that little comedy aspect to it, but... I did. I finally watched it, and I I personally loved it. Really loved it. So, Ro, you you've made it very clear on on many occasions about comedy in your sci-fi. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. So, so, how about com how about comedy in your horror movies? How, how acceptable is that? Mm -hmm. I think it's more acceptable to me in horror than it is in sci-fi. And why you know, is that, Ro? You know why? I 
I'm such a I'm I'm such a proponent in, in I'm like a purist. Really, <laughs> I, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, comedy and sci-fi. I just I I, I can't. Do it. Sorry, <laughs> he can't even. Can't he doesn't even the words. Yeah, All right, so yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why why is it acceptable in in horror movies then? I don't know. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. Definitely. In part two. Um, because you need two. a break from crapping your pants, I would imagine. Uh, can, <laughs> can, can, we, can we include Evil Dead? This was a, what I was talking about at the top of the show. Like, I love the Evil Dead series. Uh, can I include those as horror movies? Because, I mean. I do. Okay, good. Because, yeah, uh, definitely. And, and I just want to say Bruce Campbell as, you know, got to get that name out there. And he got me on, on, on April Fool's. Um, and he's a real asshole for it. I don't know if you guys saw it, but he posted a page from a script uh, from a Doctor Strange script. And oh. it, it was with, with him in it, yes. I'm like, uh, so this like, and I'm like, dude, I got so like, I, and I, it was, it was clearly April 1st and I was like immune to him all day, except for the one from Bruce Campbell that was going to be in a Dr. Strange movie or, you know, the TV show. And I like, I was so excited. And like, dude, what day is it? I'm like, God. and so um, I'm really still mad at Bruce Campbell for that. If that was an April fool's joke and that was it. Um, but those movies, like the first and the second one, I, I think have that classic horror feel to them. And uh, the third one, Army of Darkness, that's more mm -hmm. comedy than it is yeah. uh, horror per se. But, uh, you know, plenty of comedy, slapstick type comedy. Uh, but those movies are hilarious. And, and the first couple are sc pretty scary at moments as well. I thought Zombieland did a good job of mixing those oh, yeah. two genres. I love Zombieland. That movie was so that movie really blew me away. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. I can't I can't think of any horror movie that I can rewatch as much as as Zombieland. I there is no bad time to go back and rewatch Zombieland, whether it's you want to pull up on Netflix or whatever, mm -hmm. or whether it's on TV, um, even though it's censored. But uh, yeah. You know, I don't know why Woody Harrelson works so well for that, um, but damn, he, he is he is perfect in that movie. Even though teaming up wasn't my style, I figured I'd be safer with Tallahassee. You see, he was in the ass-kicking business, and business is good. It became quickly apparent, however, that he did have one weakness. What are we doing here? Well, take a look. It's a goddamn hostess truck. Yeah, I see that, a hostess truck. So what? I could use a Twinkie. A guy like me can definitely relate to the protagonist, and you know, a, a lot of us nerds can relate to the protagonist, and I think that's why it's so fun. They got all the cards stacked against them, and you know, uh, the the second one still victim to that whole sequel thing, but uh, yeah. still pretty entertaining as well. But I think as far as rewatchability goes, Zombieland's you know definitely top three for me would those uh be categorized as some of your favorite horror flicks i'll uh, go around and ask everybody are you gonna start with me ain't that yeah. some? uh so yeah uh definitely zombie land but uh the the evil dead series has to be on top for me cool shanti oh for me um which i'm pretty sure i mentioned in the previous episode for me it will always be the exorcist i just mm -hmm. do really love that movie I have such respect to make a movie like that in 1973 so and i actually recently saw todd browning's freaks which i can't remember the year i'm blanking on the year but i'm pretty sure it was during the 30s that actually i really just love the old old golden age of hollywood horror so that's always yeah frankenstein dracula wolfman the mummy yeah. And then, of course, if you want to get a little bit more modern, The Shining, Halloween, like uh, stuff from the 90s and on, I've been a little bit more picky about. Freaks, is that uh, is that the movie about uh, circus sideshow? That, yeah, the actual sideshow freak yeah. uh, were actually used for the film. And it's it's a great, great movie. But if you read some of the trivia on that, it's it's pretty sad the way that they were treating treated sure. and stuff on set. Yeah. yeah, but it's a great movie. And that reminds me of an old movie that I used to watch. Uh, you know, I s would sneak up and turn the TV on. There's an old movie called S It's like all S's. And it really <laughs> freaked the crap out of me as a kid. It was about a sideshow, you know, circus sideshow coming to town. And they had a guy in the back who claimed that he was a snake. And little by little, when people would go back uh, in the back room... 
he would start to turn into a snake. And the makeup job was so horrific to me as a little kid. Every so often you would see him like do this and he'd like writhe around on the table and his face would like stretched out and they started putting scales on him and it really freaked me out as a kid. And I always remember because it had such a strange title called Once this motion picture sinks its fangs into you, you'll never be the same. Don't say it. Hiss it. The most unusual horror film ever made. See it. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll look for it and see if I can kind of... uh, get it out of my system but uh not that it was my favorite but it's just you reminded me of that because of freaks um i you know i grew up really uh, really liking you know the you know the the ones that i mentioned um you know halloween and friday the 13th but uh you know freddy krueger and uh nightmare on elm street are some really great movies um you know during that decade i probably didn't go to sleep for days on end uh it was uh, really captivating and really, you know, kind of a unique uh, thing. I mean, everybody goes to sleep, everybody dreams. So these are types of topics that, oh, you know, maybe it could happen to me. So, um, you know, again, my friend Rich and I, we used to uh, chase the neighborhood kids around with uh, Freddy Krueger knives um, until uh, until the police got involved. But that's uh, that's for another episode. Never sleep again. Well, you can remember a few of those Halloweens in the 80s. Like, it was pretty much 50% Jason, 50% uh, Freddy uh, running around collecting candy. Like, you, you couldn't go anywhere without. And if you if you didn't have one of those, you're kind of a kind of a geek for not having one. Right. Um, but you know, you're you're talking about those makeup jobs, like, and, and ones that scared the hell out of me. Is you remember the along the lines with the ones you guys are talking about, the Elephant Man movies, oh, uh, movie yeah. from you know, and those makeup jobs that they did for that. Uh, like that scared the hell out of me as a kid. And like, I don't know what they did back then as far as the makeup goes, but they nailed it as far as scaring the shit out of you. It worked. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad you, uh, you brought that up. You know, obviously we were talking a little bit about CGI and makeup technology and how that has progressed the genre, but are there any ho- uh, horror movies that either broke the mold or set a standard for the genre um, that you guys can think of? And we're not, you know, I'm, I'm not really into, you know, following a lot of genre, uh, like a lot of horror movies as I am, obviously the sci-fi and the Marvel and the Star Wars, but, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's just so many sub genres in yeah, horror. It's right. like, I don't even know how to, to pick that, you know, cause it all depends like what you're into. Decade, yeah. I feel like each yeah. decade had its own stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I the agree. first ones you think of are Exorcist and Poltergeist. Right. Uh, from, right. from the 70s but you you can take that back with the mm-hmm. nosferatu movies earlier on and each one was just basically a step forward on that i i thought the sixth sense to me was i i told you i got very very picky i mean i don't know how you consider the sixth sense to be horror or not but i mean i thought that that kind of set a little bit of a new standard in the 90s i mean that movie yeah. really i saw that in the theater with my dad and that movie blew me away blew me away and the the ring too bringing all the japanese type horror now to the u.s i think that's another change that's you know been really uh interesting yeah i mean that's uh the king of uh you know twist uh you know and and twist there um to me i think the, the best ones are the ones that hold up the most are the ones where the the Venn diagram is the biggest between what would you consider horror and psychological mm-hmm. thriller? The ones that just tear your mind up. Like you, you really can't go back and watch the sixth cent. Well, I mean, you can, when, if you, you want to go back and pick up, look at, you know, try to pick up, but I get what you're saying. You know the ending already. So you know the ending, but uh, I, I'm with you. Um, and it's also much harder to keep that sort of thing a secret these days. And it was even, you know, was 20 something years ago when that came out. Um, but uh, that ending, like, it just it blew you away. Like, didn't, like, couldn't even see that coming the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, I don't know how you pull that off nowadays. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, for a good horror movie, to, yeah, it has all those scary aspects, um, the, the jump scares and all that. But I think it should uh, 
mess with your mind just as deeply. Um, and, and that's how they, you know, just the exorcist movies, the, the poltergeist movies, all those, uh, even the Freddy, you know, messing with your dreams, you know, you're don't go to sleep because you know, your nightmares are going to, you know, you're going to die in your sleep because of your nightmares. Mm -hmm. So it affects your, 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 your mind deeply. And that's the ones I think that have lasting value. Absolutely. Cause you know, there's, there's no better filter than your own brain when it comes to, you know, filling the, the space of storytelling and you know, whether you're thinking about it and you're, you know, kind of uh, connecting the dots internally uh, it, it definitely is a lot scarier than, you know, having, you know, a movie kind of show you something. I think uh, what you think of and, and how your brain kind of follows through with those thoughts is probably a hell of a lot scarier than, than just, you know, having it uh, told to you. So absolutely. You know, and Frank in the, in the chat mentioned alien. And I think we mentioned this a, a few shows ago, distinct difference between alien the first one and then aliens and then everything thereafter. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first one is a, is a psychological thriller. The rest are cheap sci-fi, I guess still entertaining, but, um, but the first one is definitely a psychological thriller. There was a huge debate. Yeah. Just yeah. a couple of weeks ago on Twitter. Sorry. Is it a horror film or not? I personally think it is. It's sci-fi horror, but I mean, aside from the fact that it's set in space, it is, to me, a haunted house kind of scenario in space. Everything's dark. You can't see anything. This thing's lingering in the shadows. I'm sorry it doesn't get any more horrific than that. And then, like you said, after that, it just got more action-packed, which is why I did not like Aliens 2. It was such I mean, a switch. The motto or the theme, in space, no one can hear you scream. If that's not a horror-type you know, right. theme, I don't know Thank what you. it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you got movies like uh, Event Horizon, which was also, you know, very sci-fi. It, it, it was a, a haunted ship. It was basically a haunted st a house story, uh, you know, told in outer space. So there's like that sci-fi aspect to it, very similar to, you know, Alien. One obviously was, you know, received a lot better than the other. But, um, yeah, absolutely. And, Frank, I'll put this up. But uh, A Nightmare in Elm Street, based on a news article that Wes Cravens wrote, uh, read about a boy... Uh, who died in his sleep mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I mean the that stuff is you know is scary, uh, but, scary uh, stuff. Hey, Ra, what genre would we consider the the original V uh, I remember when when that came out as in, in the 80s the V V, v. You, you remember that where yeah. it, was, it was I mean that that movie scared the shit out of me when, when I was a kid, like wasn't expecting that. So I'm not sure. Wait, where, where are you talking fall. about the, when the aliens came to earth to yeah. supposedly, yeah, I, I didn't really, I think maybe it turned into uh, horror, like later when you found out what the original, what the plan was. But it, to me, it was always uh, like campy TV sci-fi. Maybe, maybe it's just because of my age, but I, I remember the, the woman had a child, and oh the child was yeah, an alien. And, right, it was a hybrid. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that scared the hell out of me. I don't remember what age I was when I first saw that. I was pretty young, but uh, that was. But yeah, scary. the it, it was. I do remember the rubber puppet alien uh, being born, and the little tongue, and uh, not as cute as Grogu, but very similar. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, yeah, wasn't ready for that. Wasn't, wasn't little Bradley ready. was not ready for that one. But, um, yeah, and, you know, speaking of crossovers, uh, do you know, do you remember what other actor uh, that we've already mentioned, uh, his movie was also in V? Do you remember what other actor, what horror, um, famous horror character actor was in V? But he played kind of like a nerd uh, alien technician in V. That, that movie is so far back in my subconscious, I couldn't begin to tell you. Uh, Richard Anglin, who plays uh, Freddy Krueger, oh. was in V, which is he's really in a cool. lot more than what people think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's had all the makeup on. As yeah, I want to point out uh, real fast because I popped it up. Uh, Natalie Force of Light Entertainment. Hello, Natalie. She has never seen Sixth Sense. And there are other movies that I that see that, the yeah, I've, there's other oh. movies that I see them posting that, oh, should we do our first watch of this? Predator I'm like, what the? Predator? Why we didn't say the ending. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Natalie, Michelle, you guys. No, gotta no, there's go no watch spoil. it. Yeah, there's no spoiler for for the sixth sense. I mean, if <laughs> no, you were man. Natalie, you were literally Don't the last. Don't look it people. up. Just look. Just watch it. <laughs> Don't look it up. Oh my. Yeah. Too funny. I mean, they funny. couldn't have those nice uh, thumbnails. Uh, the shocked if they, if they had seen all these movies, though. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Yeah. That's all right, Natalie. We won't hold it against you too much. Yeah. Oh what are you doing with your lives? Holy crap! <laughs> go watch Predator. Go watch Sixth Sense. <laughs> Come back after you fix yourself. Right. It's too funny. I want to hit on real quick movies being remade because someone uh, obviously we've mentioned Stephen King a few times, and and The Stand. I. Like I feel like the stand's been remade multiple times. I think so too. Yeah. Now and it's on Am- why, uh, Prime. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, I, I, why do we keep doing that? You know. Why can't know, we I just? Don't I don't think they get better with each remake. Pet Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I think I we just watched uh, the Child's uh, Play. I mean, they brought yeah, Child's Play. Child's back. Yeah, they did. Maybe I just have rose tinted glasses, but I feel like back then whenever you want to call it back then they made movies for the sake of making movies uh you know we talk about like george lucas making star wars as opposed to anybody else making star wars they made the movies that they wanted to make and if you liked them you liked them if you didn't you didn't and right. i think too many now they're they're following uh you know polling numbers yeah. and what, what are the what do the fans want to see and then they try to make a horror movie or whatever kind of movie that matches that instead of just going out and making a good movie that stands on its own oh yeah hey, Natalie, at least natalie and force of light did watch predator finally that's good oh, okay good. Uh, that that first movie you know stands on its own i mean you can almost consider that a horror flick i think sure um you know they're they're in the woods and just getting mm-hmm. picked off one by one uh, somebody you can't see but can see you no matter what mm-hmm. you're doing so all right Closing thoughts on horror. What do you guys think? You like the genre? Yes, no? You scared? If it's done well, I love it. And we need to stop with so many sequels. They really need to stop doing that. Yep. You know it's a uh, you know it's a good one when it holds up over time. Uh, you know, the, the good ones are timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Alfred Hitchcock, you know, after a dramatic pause, you caused him you know, called him the greatest. <laughs> um, he Stephen deserved King. it. He deserved it. Yep, Stephen King. Whether it's a you know uh, '90s Stephen King or 1970s, uh, they still hold up. So um, you know, and it doesn't matter whether they had CGI or didn't have CGI. Uh, it's the ones with a good story and, and good directing and and passionate actors, and those are the ones that are going to you know stand up over time. So th- those are the good ones, and they will always be the good ones. So we got one more trivia before we take off. And I uh, wanted to ask you guys, uh, see if anybody in the in the chat knows this. Frank seems to be the connoisseur of horror, so maybe he'll know. Um, the 1979 Nosferatu remake, um, what does that have to do with The Mandalorian? There's a connection there. Yeah, I'm glad you were asking the chat because uh, I saw you were going to post that, and I was mad at myself that I have no clue how to it. <laughs> As to what that connection is. Anybody in the chat? Frank. I'm just going to address Frank because he should know. <laughs> 1979's Nosferatu remake of the original movie and The Mandalorian. What is the connection? Well, you know I'm Natalie's going to do a first watch of Nosferatu. So <laughs> you can't ask Natalie. Right. So. Too funny. Poor Natalie. I'll give you a hint. Podcasting is a very complicated profession. There you go. See, I knew Frank would know. (laughs) Oh, yes. Werner Herzog. Mr. Herzog directed 1979's Nosferatu, and obviously he is the client in Mandalorian. So, awesome. He He just directed? He wasn't in that? He probably was somewhere. I was you know, say, if, if Hitchcock says, I his... want to see the baby, I that would be terrifying. I want to see the baby. <laughs> but uh, those are our little trivia. Uh, Frank, again, uh, demonstrates his prowess of <laughs> horror. A little slow on that it. one. I think there might have been some Google involved there, Frank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But uh, everybody in the chat, thank you very much, guys, for joining us. Uh, had a good time talking about horror. And uh, remember to give us a follow and tell a friend about the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. 
We are everywhere. You uh, pick up your uh, other favorite podcast. I'm actually wearing the Scare of Scuttlebutt t-shirt that was banned from the internet. No more friends don't let friends fly X-Wings. We'll see about that. Thanks, Disney. Absolutely. We have a T Public site. Check us out. Our uh, pinned link has all the ways that you can connect with us. And if you want to uh, leave uh, Brad a message or say hello to Chantel, give us a call at 773-234-8659. That is the Scare of Scuttlebutt hotline. Give us a call. Leave us a message. Yeah, Brad, what do you say? Well, if you like Evil Dead and you love the Goonies, we can be friends. <laughs> and that's the Scuttlebutt. That eliminates one person. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. Ha 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 